Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we continue our study of the book of 1 John. As we go through 1 John, we're looking at what it means to walk in the light, specifically walking in the light of love. And in doing so, we will be looking at different characteristics of light that we experience as we walk in this light. In the last episode, we discussed the fact that light shines, and we talked about how when we give and receive love, light radiates from us and lights our path, and we have this ability to see clearly where we should go, how we should make decisions, and what we should do. And today, I want to talk about the fact that light enlightens. We use that word as a metaphor of becoming aware or having knowledge or being informed. So in this episode, we want to talk about what it means to be enlightened by the light of love. What is it that we can know if we walk in the light? I think, first of all, it may bear mentioning that we can actually know what love is. Uh, Some of you may remember a song by the rock group Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is. And uh, it talked about having experiences that, that were genuinely love. I think in our society, because we use that word love so loosely and in so many different contexts, uh, very often as Christians, we're not 100% sure what love is and what love looks like. The temptation is to see love as giving in to the other person and letting them do whatever they want. There being no consequences or standards or accountability that we hold those folks to. As we try to decide who loves us, we very often look to the people who let us do whatever we want to without complaining. But that's not exactly love. And so we we are often burdened with the task of trying to decide how to treat someone if we love them, uh, how we can expect others to treat us if they love us. Basically, we want to know what love is. When we walk in the light of love and we experience that more and more frequently, when we go to God's word and let him define that for us and we practice it, we get pretty good at being able to discern when someone is behaving in a loving way, even if they happen to need to say no or set a boundary, and when they're not being very loving at all, even if they're indulging or enabling us, it may not be love. We can know what love is. Here's a couple of verses that speak to that from 1 John. 1 chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We understand what love is because of what Jesus did. His willingness to be obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It showed his love for the Father, and it showed his love for the Father's creation, those of us who he came to save. And it's in that expression of love that we come to understand what it is. 
If we find ourselves unwilling to give of ourselves to other people, to share even parts of our lives, let alone our entire life with someone, then love is not what we're experiencing. First John chapter 4, verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. We can know what love is uh, by our connection to God, by what he tells us, what he expects of us, how he's shown us love. And we absolutely can know what love is. It's very important if the commandment's been given to us to love one another, we need to make sure that we're actually doing that and not just indulging others. We need to make sure that we're doing that and not just giving lip service to it, but that we genuinely care about people. There is a compassion for people because we know that God made them and God desires to be in relationship with them. Because we have this capacity to give and receive love and know exactly what love is, and that comes from our connection to God, we can come to know God. John mentions this in a couple of passages in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. He says, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. A lot of times as Christians, we worry about uh, whether or not we're being hypocritical. Uh, the outside world very often indicts Christians as being hypocritical. But notice what John says about people who say that they know God and don't do what he says. He doesn't say they're hypocrites. He doesn't say that they're only human. He says they're liars. People who love God are doing what he says, which involves the way that we interact with people. Also, John says in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that he sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Again, it says here, we can know God. If we love one another, we've been born of God and we know God. It's when we're not loving, when we're not caring about others, when we're not compassionate toward others, that we're guilty of not knowing God. Love allows us to know God. But love also allows us to know Jesus. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 13, John writes, I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. Him who is from the beginning is referring to Jesus, if you go back and look in that context. It is possible for us to know Jesus. Not just know things about Jesus, but have a relationship with him. John was writing to a group of people for whom that was a reality. We can have that in our lives as well. 1 John chapter 3, verse 6, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. We can absolutely have a relationship with Jesus but those of us who have a relationship with Jesus don't just keep on sinning. 
We allow Jesus to eliminate those behaviors from our lives because we're in relationship with him and pleasing him is important to us. Being grateful to him is important to us. And we realize the things that he's trying to do for us are in our best interest. But we can know Jesus. This same John that seems to have written the Gospel of John in our New Testament. And in the Gospel of John, uh, he records Jesus as saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In the letter of 1 John, John alludes to these three attributes of Jesus and lets us know that we can know Jesus on this level as the way, the truth, and the life. First of all, we'll look at things in 1 John that help us to see how John considered Jesus the way. Uh, first of all, when it came to answered prayer, he says in 1 John five fifteen, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. As we come to know Jesus as the way, part of the way that is revealed in our lives is through prayer and through answered prayer. But John also lets us know that uh, part of understanding Jesus as the way is our ability to discern right from wrong, that Jesus lets us know how to stay on the right path. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. If you know that Jesus is righteous, you can be sure that everyone who practices righteousness, who does the right thing, has been born of him. Jesus reveals himself and his ability, his desire to guide us and to show us right from wrong. And in that, we see the way to eternal life. But John also speaks to the fact that Jesus is revealed as truth. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, he writes, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is of the truth. As we walk in the light of love, we come to know Jesus and we know truth. And John speaks to that in this passage, that not only are we anointed by Jesus, we have knowledge of him. We can know him as truth. Later in the letter in 1 John chapter 3, verse 19, he says, by this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. Again, he's talking about our connection to Jesus and, and in Jesus. We can know that we are of truth and have our hearts reassured before him. Jesus is the way and he is the truth, but Jesus also refers to himself as the life, and John acknowledges that in his writing of 1 John as well. And starting in chapter 1, verse 2, he says, The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and made manifest to us. If you go back and look at the opening of uh, 1 John, you can see here, obviously, that John is talking about Jesus, and he was the life that was made known to us and the life that gives us access to eternal life with the Father. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 13, 
John writes, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us the Spirit. And this word abide means to live in. And this is how we know that we live in God. And it is how we know God lives in us because we have been given his Spirit. As we walk in the light of love, we can know that we live in God. And then John also writes of life in the new age or eternal life. He mentions in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. John is writing down everything that he has given these folks so that they know that not only do they have life here, that Jesus is life, but this is life that we experience throughout eternity. Later in that same chapter, 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, he writes, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. What is he saying here? There are folks that experience a new birth and are born of God. And those of us who have experienced that can count on the one who was born of God, Jesus himself, to protect us so that the evil one does not touch us. We get to experience life because we can know Jesus in this life and in the age to come. So we can know what love is. We can know God, have a relationship with him. We can know Jesus and be in relationship with him. But we can also know the children of God. As we look around in our society today, we see a lot of people claiming to be Christians. And for people who aren't Christians, they often look at us as a group and go, uh, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. You guys don't practice what you teach. You expect things from us that you don't do yourselves. And it can be difficult to discern who is actually a child of God and who's not. Even for those of us who are Christians, sometimes that question comes up, who is really a Christian and who is not? And we have to be careful because ultimately that decision is God's. But when we're looking for a community of believers to connect with and we want to make sure that we're being nurtured and fed, it's very important that we find a group that are dedicated to being the children of God. And John says in his writing that we can know the children of God. There are some hallmarks. There are some things that you will see that even if mistakes are being made and things aren't exactly perfect, these folks are children of God. First of all, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, he writes, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason the world does not know us is because they do not know him. So John, first of all, says we can be and are children of God. And just because the world doesn't acknowledge us as such doesn't mean it's not true. But how do we know? Well, later in the chapter, in verse 10, he says, By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Now, righteousness is one of those good churchy words, but it basically means to do the right thing. People who don't practice doing the right thing 
And people who do not love their brother are not children of God. They are actually children of the devil. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter what they call themselves. If you even remember a verse that we read a little earlier, 1 John chapter 2, verse 4 says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. If we are not practicing doing the right thing, I'm not saying you always get it right, but you are trying to do the right thing. Sometimes we have bad information. Sometimes we mess up even given our best efforts. But if we're practicing doing the right thing and we are loving other people, we are born of God. It's the people who refuse to love others, who refuse to do the right thing, that are actually children of the devil, even if they claim otherwise. If they claim to know God or be children of God in that situation, they're liars. And I know that sounds harsh, and it may tempt us to want to go around and judge who's in and who's out. I'm not sure that's the point of this. The the point is to help us identify people who are genuine so that we can learn from them and grow with them. Uh, People who may not be getting it right or fully understand uh, may need your help and encouragement uh, to come along. If they continue to rebel against God, God will handle that. You don't have to decide uh, whether they're in or out, but you may have to decide whether it's healthy for you to be around them or whether or not those folks are, are open to good teaching. We can kind of wrap this up with what John wrote in his gospel in chapter 13, verse 35. There, Jesus is recorded as saying, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's interesting, isn't it? It doesn't say by what names on your church building. It doesn't say by uh, what things you do inside your worship service. It doesn't say they'll know you by the warm, fuzzy feeling you have after you attend worship services. It says people will know whether or not you're following Jesus. That's what disciple means, to be a follower. People will know if you are genuinely following Jesus if you love people. If it is not obvious to others that you care about them, it's not obvious to Jesus that you care about him. Jesus says, everyone will know that we are his disciples by the way we love one another. So as we give and receive love, as we practice love, we can come to know what genuine love actually looks like and get better at showing it and understanding it. In the process, we come to know and have a relationship with God himself and and come to understand and know his son Jesus and all that it means for him to be in our life and for us to follow in his footsteps. And as we do that, as we know the father and the son, we can know those who are living life in them those who are the children of God, so that we can connect with them, so that we can learn from them, grow, and have the encouragement we need to complete our journey to eternal life. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter. 